Welcome to Upper Dogology, where I retrain your brain and introduce you to the world of cognitive behavioral therapy for dogs over the age of six months. Today, I have with me Jessica Heaton, creator and author of Pups Paws on Wheels, a creative picture book depicting the real life of disabled dogs in Morocco and the volunteers who help them. Jessica's professional background combined with her volunteer experience makes her an expert on dogs with disabilities, or should I say, disabled dogs with incredible abilities and personalities to match. I follow our chat with a talk on the value of volunteer work, scientific studies, and hands-on application when working with dogs over six months, and in particular, ones with checkered pasts. Hello, I'm Billy Grimm, your host and successful dogologist for three decades. And with me today, I'm so excited. I have Jessica. How are you doing, Jessica? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, from well, we're quite far away. It's uh, uh, yeah. sort of midday where I am, and I guess you're going into your evening over there. Yeah. In uh, where are you exactly? Tell us where you are. So I'm in the UK in Buckinghamshire. It's called a uh. place called High Wycombe. Um, but yeah, it's near London. Oh, it sounds very fancy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. Right. And uh, I mean, I think we all know uh, that uh, you're joining us today because you have created this amazing book to spread awareness and to help dogs and to help people who are helping dogs. But this this sort of came from uh, quite the journey that you've had um, and where yeah. you are. Should I uh, try pronouncing it Buckinghamshire yeah Buckinghamshire Buckinghamshire <laughs> that's it. you're you're there because of a job opportunity correct yeah that's right yeah can, can I'm, you uh, yeah so I'm actually originally from West Yorkshire um so the north of England and obviously now I'm in the south um right. and I moved here to work at a hospital um it's a specialist hospital that specialises in orthopedic soft tissue and neurology treatments for mainly dogs and cats um wow. yeah okay and so that's that's your your background that's uh what what you've studied or that's what your interest yeah, so is bas- yeah I've always been wanting to work with um animals um from a young age so um I went to college and I had to do uh, an MVQ level three diploma in animal management and that basically covers everything in animal care from feeding nutrition um handling animals and behavior um and that obviously enabled me to get into the veterinary field and then obviously with my experience volunteering um Uh, helped me yeah so let's talk about that I'm a huge fan of volunteering as everybody knows I think it's like the best way to learn anything and you've you've done a, a fair share and you volunteered in some pretty interesting places, uh, one of those being Morocco. Yeah, that's right. Um, and that kind of led to the book a little bit. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I was um, at SFT, which is in Tangier, Morocco, um, for about six months. Um, I was working with disabled dogs there. Um, there was about, I think there's about 21 disabled dogs. But I was working with them in the day and in the night because um, I'd take a couple of them to bed with me. Mm-hmm. And so I'd have them by my side and I'd be changing their nappies because some of them are incontinent, obviously. And mm-hmm. 
yeah so you'd have to wake up every couple of hours and change the nappies and just make sure they're comfortable and also make sure they're all getting on as well because sometimes they uh they have little fights or they you know they get there's a, there's mm. a boss in the, the in the pack and stuff so mm-hmm. you've got to make sure they're all getting on they're all happy and so these dogs were living on the street before you got them. And when I say you, I should probably backtrack here a bit. You were you were with a rescue organization. Yeah, that's right. Um, so the rescue organization they help dogs on the streets, Tangier. Okay. Um, and basically, most of the dogs have been found by people in, or they've been run over, or um, they're they're starving on the streets. Um, and the government also over there, they call call the dogs on the streets to keep control of the population. Um, but what they don't realise is it, it doesn't stop the problem. Um, and that's where the organisation SFT, they uh, they they sterilise the dogs um, and they give them the anti-rabies vaccine. And then they tag the, the dogs on the street. And um, yeah, and they also obviously take in dogs that are really sick and that can't live on the street and they need extra care. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, we'll have the links to that organization in the show notes. Um, that is, that's great because I, I, I guess what I've seen in some countries that where the people are are helping and, and for example, in Mexico, if the dogs were uh, part of the community and were friendly and uh, they would put um, bandanas on them just so that people would know like, hey, this dog, you know, is is part of our community, uh, not quite as formal as what you're talking about with tagging them, which is such a great idea. And you would yeah. hope that it would decrease the need for a cull because these dogs aren't part of the problem. Well, none yeah. of the dogs are part of the problem. The people are are mm-hmm. part of the, you know, the system's part of the problem, but the the rescue organizations, you're exactly right. It's the the spaying and neutering. And then that, if, you know, is one part of of helping to keep the population down. So um, that sounds like a great organization. Um, so when you said that yeah. you took the dogs to bed with you, are you sleeping at this shelter or where were you staying when you were there? Yeah. Yeah. So the shelter is um, in the middle of the countryside, in the middle of nowhere. Um, mm. And there's actually like little houses in different parts of the sanctuary um, with different packs of dogs, obviously living in that area. So you'd uh, you'd have staff taking the the dogs into the house, which is sheltered and warm, to to sleep with the dogs overnight in the mm. you know in the different areas. Um, so I'd I'd have my own little bit, and I'd I'd take in about twenty odd dogs to sleep with me in my room. Um, and yeah, it's it's a very different experience because there there's actually no electricity as well. Um, <laughs> so you've yeah, so you you're there with the dogs in the dark, and uh, you've got a little. I've got like a solar light that I charge in the sun in the daytime. Um, and I'd use that to be able to see what I'm doing. Oh my God. Light, the fun torch. Yeah. And that's yeah. what's so great about your book is because you just, you know, you go through this, this day and this night or this time period of what you're doing with these dogs. And, and it's, it's just really breaks it right down in this most beautiful and warm way but yes it it is about that moment and what is what is the issue in the moment and how things can just change by the second when you're working with dogs from the street or um volunteering but i mean when you're you know when you're with these dogs and you know yeah. there's different problems and different challenges depending on area and location i mean where we are it can get you know minus 
40, which is gives you about a, a three minute time period before um, you get frostbite. So, you know, and sometimes we have to, you know, yeah. use W5 to open cars. So there's different challenges everywhere. And I find that really interesting when I'm talking to my guests from different areas and to just to just know that, you know, you were so remote that you didn't even have electricity and just that must affect your ability mm-hmm. to get water to bathe the dogs, would it? Or how did you get um, water? So we actually, yeah, so there was um, a well, basically, and that got, we got water delivered into the mm-hmm. well um, weekly, you know, and then that would um, run through. And there was a little uh, electric, uh, no, sorry, a gas thing that we changed to get a bit of hot water to be able to wash ourselves, obviously, in hot water as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that worked, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like they had a, a really good setup and and really helped a lot of dogs. So I guess your professional yeah. background helped you understand why a lot of these dogs are in the wheelchairs and what they're capable of physically. Yeah, um, so obviously I uh, didn't understand at first when I was there. I didn't understand why, but then um, from working in a hospital, I've seen and I've learned, obviously, the different um, things that are wrong with dogs. So, like, you can have dogs that are paraplegic, and that means that they are completely paralysed from the lower body and uh, to the hind limbs. Mm. Um, and that's the case for most of the dogs at the sanctuary because um, they've they've had an accident and they've they've had an injury to their spinal cord, and um, it's, you know they're not able to move their back legs again. Or um, yeah. So, so, so most uh, of these injuries would they be being from being hit by a car or do you I guess a lot of times you don't really know when you find them you just scoop them up and off you go Yeah I mean there's a couple of the dogs um, one of the dogs he was a puppy that was found um and he'd fallen off a roof of um, a house uh, right. and he yeah so he was someone called up about him obviously he was just a tiny puppy and he managed to survive, but uh, now he's obviously in his wheelchair. And then yeah. there was one dog there called Caesar, um, and he's got—he's now got two stumps for his back legs. He was run over by a train, um, oh. and a lady just saw him, you know, in pain, and called the the organisation, and and now he's at the SFT. Okay, so yeah, so these wheelchairs yeah. are just changed their life. They just completely changed their life well yeah, I, in absolutely. addition to all the the um yeah, other help as well from the rescue organization but just on it you know once they get healthy and once they they gain weight and and they're healthy the wheelchairs just give them this immense amount of freedom yeah exactly it lets them run around like a normal dog and um <laughs> go up to their che- cheeky antics because they're some of them like to lift each other up off the ground from the back wheels they grab their wheels by the teeth and uh chase each other and yeah that's fantastic that is great and I saw that in your book I just love it and you actually do that you know you say in your book oh this dog's being cheeky and it's just so yeah yeah it's so yeah so it is a picture book and it's colorful and fun and educational but it's it's not just for kids I didn't think or or did you gear it for everybody yeah I think it's for everyone. Everyone can enjoy it and um, really get a feel what it's like to, you kind of feel what it's like to be there with the dogs, seeing their pictures and the times and stuff. So yeah, it's nice for anyone, any age, especially if you love animals. 
Yeah. And it's really doing a great job of creating awareness and changing the mindset for people with, you know, that these dogs can live happy lives. Is that, that's, you know, when I read it, that I thought that that was a main goal of the book. Yes, definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you find that, um, some people might be told at the vets, oh, you, you know, your dog's not going to be able to use its hind limbs again. Um, you've got this option where you can manage the care for him and, and get maybe try with a wheelchair and stuff. And some people might think without, you know, the education and seeing that actually dogs are already doing it and they're happy and, and mm-hmm. they can live and it's manageable. They, they think, oh, no, it, it'd be cruel to keep my dog alive and have it in a wheelchair. But it's not, you know, it's no different to... Um, a human being in a wheelchair absolutely well and just giving the support yeah 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 they can be very very happy yeah and like you said cheeky Mm -hmm. which is fun too (laughs) so what's that yeah I know they still have their personality and their little attitude and they they know what they get away with it's just the greatest thing so was there one particular dog that inspired you to create this book or really had an impact on you um I was in love with all the dogs um, and just, yeah, their cheeky personalities and everything. Like, I think it was just all the dogs that made me, I just wanted to share it with everyone, you know, my experience, how amazing they are. Um, Yeah, it's great because you have, you have the background, you have the, the, the skill and the background, but then, you know, you throw in that volunteering and just the, the passion. It's just, it's the whole, the whole gambit. It's just great. And it really comes through in the book. It's just so great that you did that. Yeah. How, how can people get your book? Um, so my book is available on Amazon. Um, it's available on Barnes and Noble store. And people can also order a signed copy by myself. And I can write little cute messages inside the book um, for kids or whoever. And I've got the website www.putspawsonwheels.com. Um, and now I also donate 40% of the proceeds from each book sale to um, SFT so it helps for the care of the disabled dogs and which is like changing the sand pit because they need clean sand um, feeding them they have to have a special diet because obviously they've got sen- they, they've got sensitive stomachs and you don't want them having cheap food um, and being in a mess in a sand pit do you know what I mean so they need yeah. to eat well and it's not cheap yeah and there's staff care cost and you know firsthand how genuine that rescue organization is from volunteering for them. And now you're you're giving back yeah. to them. And this is just fantastic. Exactly. Yeah, we just uh, really, really appreciate everything that you're doing. And, and it's just such a great and, of course, a great gift. So, uh, again, all the, the ways of getting a hold of this book or contacting Jessica are all in the show notes. And we just can't thank you enough for for what you do, Jessica. It's just fantastic. And um, we'll keep in touch with with what you're doing and um, help you out in any way we can. And thank you for all you do for the animals. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for the chat. Okay. Thanks. Take care. Thanks so much to Jessica for all she does for the dogs and to the Animal Sanctuary of Tangier for all they do. As many of you know, I hugely encourage anyone wanting to work with dogs to volunteer. Studying dog behavior and completing courses provides useful information. Putting that information into action is often different than expected, not necessarily more difficult, just different. Scientists perform controlled studies because this allows them to monitor the factors that may change outcomes. 
When working with dogs, these factors are often what are the most important and most telling of dog behavior. This, of course, is not to say the findings of controlled studies are inconclusive. In fact, often the opposite. They validate what I have learned from dogs and working with clients over the last three decades. When working in real-life situations with dogs, it is important to be flexible. And to do this, we must have a formula that adheres to scientifically proven evidence, yet is flexible and adaptable, depending on many factors. As I repeatedly say, there is no one right way to work with a dog. Upward dogology adheres to the principles of cognitive behavioral therapy, whereas positive reinforcement training and balance training adhere to the principles of operant conditioning. Both are scientifically proven methodologies. Upward dogology is effective with dogs over six months because it recognizes that they have preconceived perceptions based on simply the fact that they have a history, whatever that history may be. They have thought patterns that determine their behavior, and we need to respect their ability to think cognitively by harnessing the cognitive side of their brain. They've already been using this, which in many cases is why they are still alive. Rescuers and those who volunteer with dogs over six months of age, such as Jessica, recognize individual personalities in each dog and learn how to work with them. Jessica is devoted to helping dogs and her knowledge and experience with the physical part, in particular the spine, is invaluable and she is passionate about using this knowledge to help dogs. My work has been focused on the behavioral side with dogs over the age of six months. Upward Dogology was created out of intensive volunteer and professional work over three decades, and it is proven to save dogs' lives by decreasing surrenders and the euthanization of dogs for behavioral reasons. You can find out more about Upward Dogology by checking out the episodes in Season 1. Please be a part of the solution by sharing this episode and providing a rating and review if you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, please contact me at billy at upwarddogology.com. Follow Pups Paws on Wheels, Upper Dogology, and Open Strum, who provided the beautiful music and supports animals in so many ways, on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. The links are in the show notes. Enjoy your learning journey.